Hello, and welcome to 40 on Film. We look at the films of actors and directors who hit the big 4-0 during production. I'm Chris Murray, and on this week's show, four years after being put into a coma, the bride wakes up, the baby that she has been carrying has gone, and the only thing on her mind is to get revenge on the assassination team that betrayed her, a team she was once part of. She must pursue Buddy, L Driver, and of course, Bill himself. Uma Thurman is the bride, and she is still on a mission to kill Bill. The incident that happened at the Two Pines Wedding Chapel that put this whole gory story into motion has since become legend. people to get to this point and I am gonna kill Bill before this tale of bloody revenge reaches its climax there's a few unanswered questions if I may doesn't kill you he will make you stronger there are consequences to breaking the heart of a killer pretty cool huh she's coming to kill you she cut her way through 88 bodyguards. No, there wasn't really 88 of them. They just called themselves the crazy 88. How come? I don't know. I guess they thought it sounded cool. She must suffer to her last breath. You and I have unfinished business. I'm sorry. I overreacted. You overreacted? This is the 40 on Film Podcast. Joining me this week is the host of Five on Film Podcast, my friend and colleague, Mr. Paul Cree. Hello, Paul. Hello. Good How evening. You, you all right? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we watched Kill Bill Part 2 for this. We did. Uh, and you, you did it the way that I would have wanted to, and you actually watched Part 1 and Part 2. Yes, Part 1 and Part 2. Back, well, over the course of two days. So, um, yeah, it was nice to see... To see Quinton's full vision, I guess, for 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 the story, um, and then be able to compare the two films straight away. Yes. Whereas I just went in with fresh eyes to part two, having not seen it since probably two thousand five when it came out on DVD. So yeah, a long while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what 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 do you think then? Are you, were you a fan of the film? I was a fan. I, I think it is a good film. But it, as we've previously discussed on our on our podcast, I think that it is one of the lower end of Quinton's in terms of his quality. But I still class it as a good film. I think Quinton's only got one bad film. Um, so yeah, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed. It. And did was this from memory uh, of originally seeing it in the cinema and then sort of home release, or was is this? impression that you have now was it changed by your review of uh, it no i think it was actually pretty consistent I, I i remembered i remembered enjoying it a lot 
um, when I watched it, but I can remember it being, at the time, I thought a disappointment from volume one, um, which is obviously not a great thing that the conclusion of something is not as good as the beginning of something. Um, but I still think it is a sound part of the story. Um, it's, it is different in tone to the first film, very much. Um, and I know the main... The finale of the first film is is the Crazy 88 battle. Well, how about then, as you did watch it, how about you bring us up to speed uh, on where we're at? What's, what happens uh, in the lead-up to uh, the opening of part two? So it, uh, the, first, the first film, although non-linear... Um, the Bride, as we currently... The Bride, as we know her at the moment, has been um, murdered, or almost murdered on her wedding day, uh, survived a bullet in the head, um, wakes up from a coma, um, she was pregnant on her wedding day, and is now out to seek revenge because she is no longer pregnant and has lost her child and wants to take revenge on everybody that attempted to kill her and killed everybody that she cared about. Um, she creates a list of the five people that she wants to take revenge on. And they were all part of her old crew. Her old crew, which is... The Vipers? The Viper Squad, um, which is... And there are five of them. Um, apparently, not all of them are named after venomous snakes, which I thought was interesting. But um, she is Black Mamba, and there are four other members... Uh, there are four other members of the Viper Squad and then Bill leading them and in the first two movies she dispatches Oren Ishii who is the leader of the Crazy 88s in Hong Kong's Hong Kong? Japan? No, I don't know Hong Kong's underground I think uh, the, 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 the movie moves around different is it Tokyo? the finale sets in? I can't remember um, So and then um, she also takes out Vivica Fox's Fanita Fox um, is character as well, which is the scene where she has a knife fight at the beginning of Kill Bill Volume 1 and uh, pauses when her daughter arrives home and then ends up murdering her after um, she tries to shoot the bride. So, um, yeah, so we, she's killed two members of the people on her list. So she has three remaining to kill. And we uh, open the film. The film starts uh, with a black and white opener. Yeah. Uh, building a voiceover, which I quite liked. Yeah, it was the... nice. It, it, I, I, I was... Because I, I couldn't remember it. It's been a while since I'd seen it. I was like, there's no... no. It was just black to start off with. And I was like, is my copy okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, there's somebody. Yeah, yeah, we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's the entire wedding day flashback yes. that we start with. Was there a, a, a flashback in Kill Bill Part 1 to that? There, there, there were flashbacks. You saw, uh, you saw the scene where the bride herself gets shot. Oh, okay, um, so yes. So where, where the, and the going inside the gun and the hitting of the bullet. Uh, wow, I don't yeah. remember any of that. Yeah, so there's, there's a scene, so... As she's lying there and Bill's clearly pointing a gun at you, you only see the shot f- looking at Beatrice on the floor, the bride on the floor, and she says the line, Bill, it's your bait, and then yeah. gets shot. Um, and as as the bullet 
it, as you hear the bullet go into the chamber, it zooms inside the gun, and you see the hammer hit the back of the bullet, and then clearly blow the back of her head out. Lovely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, and then we get, um, after that uh, flashback, uh, we get an Uma, uh, a bride piece to camera, yeah. Uh, with her driving. Driving on there's the qu- way. Yeah, there's quite a lot of scenes where there are, are people driving locations. Yeah, there is a lot in this one, actually, yes. So, yeah, she she's changed her car, so yeah. she hasn't got the pussy wagon anymore. No. Um, which apparently, uh, uh, through a little bit of research, um, apparently in a scene that was cut from the movie to include the flashback of the wedding scene, there was a scene where... Gogo, who was the uh, protector of Arenishi in the first movie, who had a... It, it, when she was fighting the bride, she had a ball with spikes yes. on with the chains. And yeah. yeah. So, which was, uh, which was a great scene. Her sister apparently comes for revenge on the bride, which there was an entire scene of that yeah. in part two. And her sister destroys the pussy wagon. Which right, is why okay. Uma doesn't have that car anymore. Suddenly got a, and she's an suddenly got Porsche. a different yeah. car. Um, but then that scene was completely cut out of the movie because it doesn't directly relate, I guess, to the to her revenge mission. And it allowed for the scene of the flashback of the whole of the um, the wedding day. Right. Or wedding rehearsal day. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so then we get to the, the church... Uh, and uh, it's, I don't know what do you think of the scene it's... I, it, it it felt uncomfortable watching it is the only way because it, it none of the characters everybody seemed to be playing a little bit of a caricature and I know this is like Quentin taking it out but it, it didn't feel like they felt like diff, different characters to the rest of the characters in the movie mm. um, like her her, her fiancé is an idiot and Samuel L. Jackson's Rufus in the corner who's playing and smoking a massive cigar he's in an entirely different movie in yeah, this it's just I, I don't think Quentin gave him any direction he just went Sam will you come and sit at the piano yeah, and then do, that was do it do your thing <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah I like I like the the minister the priest yeah. and the and his wife yeah thank you mother <laughs> her reminding him of stuff that was nice yeah um and and then we see a, a fantastic shot of the end of the church with the door out. Yes. Uh, backlit and a static, f- perfectly framed. Uh, and and she senses you can see the bride. She senses Bill has arrived. And you, do we? I can't remember. Do we hear him playing the flute before we see him? No, I don't. I don't know if we do hear it. Like it, it's supposed to be. Like not a very loud flute, I don't think. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think, but um, you you see him playing the flute later on in the movie, so it's clearly something that she would recognise. Yes. She's heard him play it. Before. So we see a shot of her still inside the church. She looks yeah. outside, and I was expecting to see this really cool shot of him just appear in silhouette. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, it, I've seen the film before, and I wondered whether he was going to walk out, out into yeah. the frame. Yeah. And he. Doesn't, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. No. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I wonder if Cutie did film that or not. I don't know. I, I, I wonder, or I wonder if it was just like, everybody will expect 
him to walk into frame so here. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it because I'm Quentin Tarantino. Uh, so uh, she, the bride walks outside and and uh, Bill is sat, David Carradine is sat just outside um, playing his really massive flute. Yeah. Um, and then we get a an exchange between the two of them, really nicely shot. Yeah. You see their feet like moving towards each other. Um, I really like this scene. How it was, how it was shot. I, yeah, I, 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 I like it. It is. You can tell we've gone from maybe a, a like samurai Asian influence movie to more of a western. Yeah, feel. definitely it, western. It feel, yeah. It feels like he's he's gone. He's gone. Shall we? Shall we move into a western vibe? Um, and it, I think that runs throughout part two. It it feels it feels more like a western revenge story rather than the the samurai revenge story which was in which was like the the focus of the first movie yeah so. yeah um there's a really cool steady cam shot which I, at the end yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think like, which i still was trying to i was trying to work out what happened so we were in the church yeah and we see the rehearsal kind of carrying on and steady cam operator comes out of the church backwards and I presume steps onto a crane that goes all the and way up, and then cranes yeah. right up, it's really all high in one, move. In one yeah. shot. Yeah. And then we just see this static shot of the church from really high up. Yeah. Great, great, great it was shot. Brilliant. I, yeah, I, I, that is the only way that I can assume that he got it as well. I, it just unless he some it wasn't a unless he had a really long jib that went all the way in, inside and then came and out, came out yeah. and up. But I think um, there would be too much movement there, it wouldn't would, there? It, it, uh, that would be impressive if back in 2003 they had the technology to for a jib to do that. I think it's more likely to have been a Steadicam operator that stepped onto yeah onto a crane that physically went up. Yeah. Great, great shot, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then it fixes on that sh- um, that shot, and we hear the the massacre the carnage, yeah. take place because we see the the rest of the Viper squad go inside the church, and then and you hear her cries of Bill no yeah yeah and then yeah uh, and it, it, it does everyone else get killed yeah. then every single person everyone. dies yeah which is backed up by the the sheriff that arrives and says that everybody's dead and right. makes and makes the assumption that the bride is dead and she accidentally spits in his face I'm not sure if that's later on in the flash in the or whether that was in the first movie, because um, I've watched them so close together, I can't <laughs> tell. But yeah, there's a scene because um, the the sheriff that um, that finds that well, the the sher- the two sheriffs that find the bride are father and son in Quentin's universe. Okay. And one of the sheriffs, the one that accidentally gets spit on the face and realizes that the bride is still alive, is actually the same actor and character from from Dust Till Dawn. Oh. In the very opening scene of From Dust Till Dawn. Um, where that takes place with the Gecko Brothers in uh, a convenience store, and they was this they hold it up. They, they hold the convenience yeah. store up, but they in the middle of the hold up, the sheriff walks in, which is the sheriff that finds the bride. Yeah. In from from, from dusk till dawn, and they all hide, and the guy behind the counter is pretending that he's not being held up and trying to have a normal conversation with the sheriff, mm. and eventually the sheriff gets shot in the back of the head by Quentin Tarantino. So we're seeing. A film that takes place before... Well, the, the bride scene. The bride scene, yes, yes. Takes place before the actions of From Dust Till Dawn. But that's interesting, because that would place 
Yeah, that would place from Dust Till Dawn in what, early 2000 or... Yeah, something some... like that, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> the film was made, I believe, in like 1995 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's interesting, didn't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. So all of that, that entire first sec- section is in black and white. Yes. Um, which I, it's really good. I think yeah. it adds a lot to it. I, I, I think it does. And it, it clearly, um, it's clearly a flashback, but I think that also to the audience, it says this has happened before um, the events yeah. of now um, and then yeah I think it, it it evokes that western motif even more everything being yeah I, I think I think it's a nice way to open uh, the second chapter of this so I, I suppose I should jump back really to, to a bit of context then so this is um, Quentin Tarantino's fifth film of 10 question mark yeah we're not quite sure if it's officially 10 he, or he's if had it's ten, 9 he's had 10 films released yeah but he considers I believe Kill Bill to be one yes movie which would then if it was one movie um, be 9 films that he that has once made. upon a time in Hollywood would be his ninth. ninth. but uh, but I think he's been on 9 film sets he can he, he <laughs> says because he, 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 these two films were filmed Concurrently, yeah, yeah. Um, although he does like to film, I think I believe he likes to film it in the film order, sequential, so, yeah. sequential. But I don't know if that's sequential to this. This is a question that I wonder for Quentin. Does he film sequential to the actual story, or does he film sequential to what he considers the script, the shooting script? Yeah, yeah. because obviously his his stories are told in a nonlinear fashion, and you're seeing different parts of the story at different times. So I don't know. I, I know that he. That's a good question. Yeah. I I imagine because his, the the storytelling is so competent and so complete. Yeah. That uh, certainly, if I was doing it, I would do it in sequential order. Yeah. Uh, so all the flashbacks were done first. As the very and, first thing. Yeah. 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 That's what I would imagine. I would imagine that that it becomes non-linear in the edit. And I know that he worked with the same editor, I think, for the first... Up to Inglourious Bastards, Sally Menke. Okay. Was his was his editor for all of his films. Um, so much so that, like, by the time they got to Inglourious Bastards, I know that the cast and crew, if you see, watch the, DVD, uh, the special features on some of the um, like deleted scenes, the cast would they quit and say cut and then they do things like hello Sally on, on uh, looking down the camera because it, it, she was so um, connected to Quinton and the fact that the edit becomes so much so important to his movies yes so, yes yeah. Uh, so yeah this was a 2004 release and it was the um, second part of uh, Kill Bill um, so K- K- Kill Bill Part 2 as it was released yeah, Volume 2 Volume 2 volume sorry two. yes Volume 2 um, get it right Chris uh, and it had a budget of 30 million um, do you know what it it made any of the I, figures I, I don't know but I imagine it was a lot in comparison to its budget for two reasons one that doesn't sound like a great deal of money in Hollywood standards 30 million dollar budget and two there was a lot of people who watched the first one and were impressed by the first one that I think that it would have driven audiences to even higher results from the first one, I would guess. You're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, yeah there, there was massive um, anticipation for part two because yeah. part one was so big. Yeah. Um, it made £25.5 million in its opening weekend. Wow. 
So almost got his budget back in in two days. Um, 66 million in America and uh, worldwide 154 million. So they say three times your budget, you're in profit. So yeah, well, well into, well into the black. (laughs) Um, So, okay, jumping back into the story then, uh, we now are in colour. Yep. uh, And uh, Bill is driving uh, a detonator. Uh, What have I got here? Paneer? No, that can't be right. Oh, oh, I'm... No, hang on. Uh, That was a reference to the car that he was driving. Uh, De Tomasa Pantera. Okay. Uh, which is a really cool car. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of car that I think he would, yeah, he I would mean, drive. Very, yeah. very cool. So he's driving to, or he has just driven to his brother's. Yeah. Um, but he, which I don't think was made clear in the first film, having watched it. I didn't realise until this, this conversation between Michael Madsen and Bill yeah. that they were actually brothers. I reckon that was deliberate because yeah. you don't. That there's not a reference to it until pretty much the end of the conversation. Yeah. Where they drop in that they're yeah. related. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon it was. Yeah, it was a deliberate move. Yeah. As yeah, Michael Madsen playing uh, Buddy, his uh, bouncer brother. Yeah. Layabout um, trailer trash. Yeah. <laughs> but insinuates as well within the conversation that he's very good with a sword. Yeah. Um, have you kept up with your sword play? Uh, yeah. No. No. Um, uh, that's yeah. That's kind of weird. I don't know if I. I think it's just a Kitty casting choice, really. Yeah, I mean, Madsen. I think that, I think that that so. Again, uh, we referenced this when we were chatting about Kitty, on the Five and Film podcast. But the the members of the Viper Squad, are supposedly had the same skill sets as the Fox Force Five from. Pulp Fiction, when Uma references her TV pilot, and one of them was an expert with knives. Mm. So, I can only assume that that is what has morphed into Michael Madsen's character. And I know he loves working with Michael Madsen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it. He seems to be like uh, he doesn't really fit in with the rest of the assassins. No, all um, of the others. Yeah. I felt like you could easily dispatch pretty much anyone that they yeah. wanted to. Is that to flip the script on the male-female assumption? Because well, I hope so, yeah. Because yeah, all the other assassins seem really deadly. Yeah. And they're all women. And then the one guy kind of seems a bit useless. Bit useless, bit stupid. Yeah. And yeah. Not only And clearly, by the end of the conversation, you're like, ah, he's only part of the squad because he's Bill's brother. Um, is kind of where you feel and then as we get along in the story he's the first one to really get an upper hand yeah yeah although like watching it back I'd, I'd forgotten most of that scene uh, well, well we'll get to that we'll get yeah, to yeah, it yeah. Um, so uh, yeah um, Buddy comes out with one of the, my favourite lines in the film. Uh, that girl deserves her revenge and we deserve to die. Yes. I, uh, I like I th- that. I think, it's pretty, I think it was the closer for the trailer. I, I vividly remember it and I think it was... I don't even know if they whether they just used the voiceover of Michael Madsen saying it. Um, rather than, But yeah, it is, I think it's one of the most poignant 
um, lines in the movie because mm. yeah, they all did deserve to die, and it's kind of justifying what the bride is doing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're on to chapter seven, uh, the lonely grave of Paula Schultz. Um, I like the name of the uh, the club that Buddy works at. My or oh my club. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Uh, not quite as good as um, the the club from um, Dustle Dawn. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so um, nice little cameo from um, the uh, the actor from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses who plays the the bar, the guy behind the bar. Oh, okay. I've forgotten the actor's uh, name. I don't even know. Yeah. He's yeah. quite quite a renowned sort of character actor. Yeah. He's been in quite a few horror films. Uh, the owner of the bar, yeah. that guy in the, yeah, he's yeah. weird. He is weird. He is weird. Um, what? What's he? Where's he been in? What? What else has he been in? I don't know because I rec- I feel like I recognised him again. Now, he must be a character actor from yeah. something because I felt like I recognised him as soon as I saw him, but then I don't know where from. It's it, it was very peculiar. Yeah, yeah. like a g- really good performance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and he did really seem very menacing. Yeah. Uh, so this is the bar owner, um, who looks like he's straight out of the like some nineteen sixties kind of um, hippie drug movie. Um, he's got this really weird sort of hair going on. Yeah. Uh, eye eyeliner. I'm pretty it was, sure. It, I don't, it was very weird makeup and hair yeah, choices. Yeah. Um, and double double denim, uh, <laughs> with like open shirt and bare chest. Uh, I mean, yeah. Quite the owner. The owner of a strip club clearly so yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, the, the, the amounts of money just sat on the table there that was just huge stacks of money that was insane um, so he calls in Buddy because he's turned up late for work again uh, and he's clearly pissed off yeah and Buddy's yeah just digging himself a, a hole yeah here, there's isn't nobody it? here why do I need to be here yeah I don't need to be Talking here talking himself out of a job well why am I paying you then yeah <laughs> Um, and then he really drags it out by going to the calendar and uh, oh what day are you working next oh painful yeah Um, one thing about that scene as well though is the the, uh, and again this is something that I've found out the hating of his hat saying that his hat was stupid yeah Uh, so apparently that was a rewrite from Quentin okay um, because Michael Madsen turned up on set in that hat. So it's his hat. It's his hat. Right. And Quinton asked him to not wear it in the scene. <laughs> and he did, did to he? To which Michael Madsen <laughs> said, no, I'm wearing it in the scene. This is Buddy's hat. Okay. So he rewrote the scene to tell Buddy how much he hated his that hat. That makes a lot of sense, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's nice, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Buddy gets fired. Uh, he goes back to his trailer... And he sort of pauses for a moment. He looks up. I, I couldn't really work out why. He, he looked off into the hills. Yeah. Um, I guess we're meant to believe that the bride is there in the hiding up in the hills somewhere. Yeah. Um, he senses. He senses. Something. Yeah. Uh, but then possibly lulls you into a false sense of security that he thinks it's okay. Like, like, like the audience think, oh, no. He, he, yeah. He doesn't know anything. He's clueless. Yeah. So he goes back into his trailer and then the bride crawls out from underneath. Yeah. How he didn't hear her crawl out, crawl out yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 
Um, and she pulls out her katana. Yeah. Uh, and of which he supposedly had one a long while ago, but pawned it. Yes. So he said that he sold his so priceless samurai sword Corey for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. Um, so he ain't got one of those to fight with. No, no, and we haven't seen any weapons in the trailer, have we? No, no. But it's safe to say he probably does. I mean, he's an ex-assassin, so yeah, you would assume yeah. that he does. Uh, so the the bride decides to just open the front door. Yeah. I think she believes... You see, a, you see a scene shot from below where she's hugging the trailer wall and he looks out the window mm. and I think she thinks, oh, he hasn't. he doesn't know I'm here. Yeah. So you assume that she feels she's got the jump the on him. The upper hand. Yeah. So she whips open the door and he's sat there in his armchair with a shotgun and she takes two in the chest Gosh. and goes flying. A <laughs> 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 really long yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, a, that was a proper movie shotgun to the oh, chest, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I mean, that looked deadly. That looked fatal. Yeah. Um, but that wouldn't be a movie, would it? So no. it's buck shot. Yeah. Yeah. Rock salt. I rock think. salt. That's rock it. Salt yes. Is, is. Um, and uh, and then we get some nice Ennio Morricone music. Yeah. Which I believe was from Fistful of Dollars. I c- couldn't quite remember if it was Fistful or a few dollars more. Uh, and um, this is this is where I need to uh, do uh, do an admission. I've only seen the first one of this trilogy. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I, I, it's one of those movie trilogies that I had been missing and I've been ensuring that I watch. Um, and yes, I've, I've only watched the very first um, of this film. I am still... I still haven't... I haven't made it to um, the yeah. end of that trilogy yet. Maybe, I, because I my, my favourite is actually for a few dollars more okay. over yeah. Fistful of Dollars. Um Maybe we should do that as a top five spaghetti yes. westerns. I think westerns, or well, westerns in general, oh, just, West, yes. yeah, is uh, is definitely one that. Um, yeah, that would be good. Yes. Uh, See, so yeah, I think I think it's from the climax scene with um, uh, the man with no name, Clint Eastwood, yeah. uh, and the baddies, um, and then uh, so is she tied. She tied up, or no? She's no, unconscious, she, isn't she? She, she? she falls unconscious. She, pretty much, I think she just incapacitated from the amount of rock salt that's in her. She's yeah. She's bloodied up. Yeah, um, yeah. And he just rolls her over with ease to then... And she's out of it. She's pretty much... Well, and then he injects her with something. Oh, does he? Yeah, so he takes out... He takes out a needle and injects her. So he stabs her... Well, you inject somebody in the bum. Right. And, and I missed that her, bit entirely. Which, which I'm assuming then completely knocks her out. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, and then he phones the nurse. Yeah. Um, and he offers to sell uh, her the bride's sword for a million dollars on the condition that uh, Buddy makes her suffer. Yes. Which he says she already is or will be doing. Um, So we we now presume then that the bride is going... uh, Sorry, the nurse is going to appear. Are we calling her the nurse? What do you call her? I mean... Yeah, I mean, she 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 played the nurse character in the first film, yeah. where she was gonna kill the bride after she survived in a coma, um, and you see the scene in the very first film where she whistles um, as she's walking to um, to murder her, um, but then yeah, and then she's just L because Bill refers to her as L, L. throughout the movie, um, and I think she's 
California mountain snake. Ah, uh, yes, her, her yes, that's it. AKA. So uh, yeah. Okay. L. All right. Yeah. Um. Brilliantly played by Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Fantastic uh, role. Yeah. Really good. Um. And uh, yeah. So, so the the bride is tied up. Um. And we get a change of screen ratio at that point, which is kind of weird. Uh, do you know what? I didn't even notice that. But yeah, it went four three. Yeah, I, I, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only just for that. Yeah. That little bit. Um, and then we go back to uh, that, the two, two, three. Is that three. to maybe insinuate we're closing in? I don't know because she's about to get closed in. It's I I get I mean it's uh, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. Especially if you're watching it on such a big screen. Yeah. Um, just get, it's almost like it's phone footage, really. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's that kind of yeah. yeah. Um, so Buddy takes the bride to a graveyard. Um, why? Why didn't Buddy just kill the bride? Is, is that his thing? Is that his mo to to peep, stick people in? I don't know. Well, I, I I guess it was just when when he was told that he had to make her suffer can you think of a worse way to make somebody suffer mm. so do you think he uh he only came up with that after the nurse said yeah i think possibly like it was it because it, it doesn't look like he hasn't got a pre-prepared coffin that they're just hammering together mm. um like but that but that guy was there digging the digging hole. a big hole yeah. yeah and he hadn't he hadn't contacted him well, you I mean, we don't him, but, see but obviously that. Uma's character, the bride, is unconscious potentially for a very long while. We don't know what, what she was injected with, yeah. so how much time has passed between... Because she's obviously waking up when, you, when you're seeing sure. the, the, hot, the massive, the clearly six-foot hole. Um, I just dug. assumed because it was still dark that it was still that night. Yeah. I, I made the assumption that it was as well, yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Not yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, we get the coffin being sealed with yeah. her inside. Yeah. So he gives her a torch for some gen- I, generous reason. I, 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 filming again, purposes, I, think I presume. But if a filming purposes, but also maybe just to highlight to her the torment, like to give her, like, you're in a box and, and just to, to, to toy with her more. To toy with you even yes. more. You can, I, a, a, we need to see it, see it as an audience, so. Quentin had to get away with yeah, some way yeah. of putting light in there, but for, if you're just within the characters, I think it was. Here you go. You can you can see what I've done to you, which is put you in a box six yes. underground that yeah. you can't escape from. Um, great, great shots there. Yeah. Um, with the the hammering of the the nails, um, and then it goes black, and we only hear the the burying of the coffin, which was horrifying on my on my sound system. Yeah. And I I seem to remember <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Carry on. <laughs> I seem to remember um that moment in the cinema. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cause it's a moment of terror. That it's, you, you, yeah, it's just it's horrible. Yeah, it's like horrible. Uh, senses being deprived and just this kind of Kind of trying to give the audience the experience of what she's yeah, having at the moment. Yeah. She's in complete darkness, and all she can hear is the fact that you are being shut in, and you are not going to get out. And I, 
I couldn't quite work out whether it was the sound of the drag dragging the coffin into the hole or whether it was the the weight feel, of the earth. I felt on like top. it was the soil going on top. Right, right. That, that that was the impression that I got from the noises mm. was that it's she was in there and then you suddenly hear the weight of all of this earth being piled on top of on top of this space. So. Uh, and then the bride switches on the torch that Buddy gave her. Uh, and we are back in black and white. Yeah. Uh, and then we get our probably my favorite scene in the film. I th- maybe one of the one of the best ones, from my opinion. Um, chapter eight: the cruel tutelage of Pai Mai. Pai yeah. Mei. Yes. Um, so uh, this is if effectively the backstory for how she has the skills to escape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, we start with Bill uh, and the bride at a campfire. Um, uh, Bill's playing a massive flute. <laughs> um, and he tells the bride a story about uh, Pai Mei and the five-point palm exploding heart technique. Yes. And you just know that's going to yeah. come into why, why it. Why would you need to tell yeah. this, Quinton? <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds cool. Apparently, um, initially in the first script, it was the ten-point um, palm. I can see why it was and cut down. It to was five. cut down to just five points. <laughs> so um, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, it's just 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 a ridiculous notion that someone can get hit in five different places, and then when they take their fifth step, their heart will explode. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when I when I was in the cinema and watching this for the first time, my mind kind of went to the end where I imagined that the bride and Bill were going to have this epic battle and she was going to try and do this five points, but every few points, Bill would prevent her from From, finishing the move and she would have to reset uh, or, or like try and carry on. Um, That's, that's kind of the, the image. I was like, Oh wow, this, this is going to be really cool. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Bill drops the bride at a monastery, which is the home of Pai Mei. Um, and we get, there's a nice mirror shot of, of Bill in the mirror in the mirror of the car yeah. uh, with the bride. Um, the sheps, steps in the foreshadowing of... You're going to have fun walking up and down those. Yes, yeah. Um, and... Uh, we get the the impression from Bill that Pai Mei is a a, gr- a very wise grand master, but he hates everything and everyone, and he's especially women and Americans. Yes, <laughs> Caucasian female Americans. Yes. Yeah, um, and uh, was couldn't work out at which stage. Uh, or, or, she was sent to because it sounds like or we learned that Bill sends all of his assassins to Too him fine. to be trained yeah. um, so I mean I very much doubt Buddy would have been sent there <laughs> I mean I, uh, if he did it was a long while ago I think yeah, yeah. Uh, um, because it, um, we learned that if he gets really pissed off he'll pluck your eyes out yes um, so I mean, but you know, Buddy came away with with both eyes intact, yeah. and so yeah. I, I I don't know. I I reckon Bill just let him off. With yeah, I mean, 
is his brother. Yeah. So I guess that might It's be, all right. Oh, yeah. you, do, you, don't you don't need, need to bother to, with that no, bit no, of the no, training. No. Um, one of my... Th- so, sorry. Uh, might explain why all the women are so good and Buddy's a bit useless. Yes, there we go. all four of those went through the training yes. with Pai Mei. There we, yeah. One of which pissed off Pai Mei. Um, that, that'll be it. Yeah. 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 That makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. So, uh, the bride meets Pai Mei... Um, and the thing about that initial scene where Bull drops her off is that I felt that Uma Thurman's Beatrix it gave the impression that she didn't think she was going to be there that long I felt like the character as an audience member I was like oh he's dropping her off for training it's going to be a month or something like that it is how I felt like she felt it was going to be and he goes I'll see you in a year yeah. Is the close of that scene, and then she goes up, and, and, and that wasn't a big deal that she was going to be gone for a year no. plus to train. Yeah. Do do we think she was in a relationship with Bill at that point? I feel like it felt like Bill was infatuated with her at that point. Okay. Definitely, uh, like from the scene around the campfire, I think Bill, whether whether he was on whether they were actually like a couple, it felt like she I, was definitely I, young. I felt that there was a quite a big time difference between the campfire scene and the like him taking her to the monastery possibly yeah but i mean she definitely looks younger in the in the campfire scene yeah that is for sure uh but yes i'm not quite sure if she was in a relationship because you you would have thought when they were in this uh, in this vehicle in the jeep or whatever driving to this monastery that he would have kind of given her some indication of what would be involved or how long she'd be away prior to the moment Literally of him going, all right, see yeah. you. See you in a year. <laughs> uh, I mean, what did they talk about in the car? I don't know. I don't know. So, Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Pai Mei measures her up. Um, uh, one of his lines to her, you bray like an ass. I like that. Um, so he speaks in Cantonese to her, uh, and she doesn't, she doesn't understand. really understand. Yeah. And he gets annoyed, and then she can speak. Is it Mandarin? She can. No, she can speak Japanese. Japanese, which he doesn't to, like. Doesn't he hates like the that. Japs. I and, quote. Uh, and he asked her if she can speak Mandarin, and she can't, uh, or Cantonese, and she can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he just like yeah, just rips into her yeah. straight away, um, and then we get a cool sort of scene where he he tells her to show. Her skills off. Yeah. Show off her skills. And we get a really cool kung fu Nice kung fu fight montage. Scene uh, with the sound effects and the camera shots and the music. Um, yeah, love love that scene. Yeah, really we're cool. back into Asian cinema rather than the Western. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, I, I think it is it's great. It, it displays that she has a lot of skills before she's gone there. And he clearly is unbelievably outmatching her even though she has all of these skills so it kind of insinuates that why she's so infamous in what she can do mm-hmm. in the rest of the movie because yes. after being trained by this master yeah um yeah so she, she he says come on you know show me what you got yeah. try and hit me uh and no. she can't no no so then we get to the the three inch punch, the the wooden board trick, um, and uh, and then we're treated to a montage. Um, Her 
training, isn't it? Yeah, for training over the year. Um, and really quite brutal, this, this, oh, yeah. the, the it, it, knuckles. I felt... Yeah, you really as, feel as it. Doing, I'm like, yeah, that would really hurt. Yeah. Um, so yeah. her bloody knuckles, bro- yeah. probably broken as well. And then highlighted in the, the, the eating the rice scene, which follows Oh, on. yes, yes. It's, so she, yeah, we get to the point where she's trying to eat with chopsticks yeah. and she can't because her hand's shaking so much from all the punching. Um, and then she puts chopsticks down and tries to eat with her hand and and then Pai Mei's like... If you want to eat like a dog, yeah. eat off the floor and chucks all of her rice on the floor. Yeah. And then gives her a brand new bowl of rice, just a conveniently extra third bowl yeah. of rice that's, that's on the table. <laughs> and uh, and says, use your chopsticks again or eat on the floor. And she, you can see her attempt to use her chopsticks yeah. once again. Um, and then we go back to the, the coffin. Yeah. Uh, before Pai Mei, I I think Pai Mei is a great character. Oh, amazing! I, I think I think he's and the the actor that plays him we've seen in Kill Bill already. Was he the guy with the? He was the guy with the Kato mask. Right. In, uh, yes. Uh, the 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 head of the eighty eight. Um, it's the same actor that plays him, and also uh, that one thing. And I'm kind of glad that Quinton didn't do this in the end. Apparently, he was supposed to be like a bad dub initially. So all of his lines were going to sound off and he was going to be dubbed over in English rather than the English lines that you hear. Yeah. Um, and apparently Quinton was going to do the dub himself. Oh, so he God. was going to be he was going to be the voice of Pai Mei. Um, and then he, he changed and he reverted back to the, the actual actor's voice. But that was the initial thoughts in Quinton's brain was that he was going to lean so heavily into yeah. the, uh, the Asian cinema of a, a bad dub for this character. I can see why he would do it, but I'm glad he changed his mind. Yeah. Uh, because it, I think it's a much more effective scene. It would it would have taken me out too much, I think. Yeah. Um, Especially if you'd recognised that it was Quinton as well. I think. That, yes. Uh, I think that would have been definitely taken Just out. Very uh, if it had been a different actor, then maybe. But I I I, I think he he went the right way. Well, it was the right choice. Yeah. The actor's choice. Yeah. Um, so uh, she uh has a razor in her boot yeah. that uh, she takes out and she cuts her ties. Um, and what then... I love about that scene is that the boots that she's wearing are the same boots that Mr. Blonde wears in Reservoir Dogs. Really? So they're the exact same pair of boots. Same, the act, uh, like same brand? Uh, or... Same brand and everything. I don't know if they're physically the same pair, but they are the same boots that he wears when... He uses a razor to cut off the ear of the police officer in Reservoir Dogs. I it's the kind of thing that Michael I'd imagine Michael Madsen in conversation was like, Oh yeah, I've still got those boots. Yeah. And like Well, and why so, not just yeah. bring them? So it, it kind of to it set. kind of connects Buddy and Mr. Blonde, even though they are completely different characters in Quentin's yeah. universe. But yeah. So it is, it's it, yeah. I mean, that's a big nod, isn't it? Yeah, a, a massive nod to. I wonder if it's the same razor blade. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just thought it was a, a nice nod to the two movies. But yeah. Something you would you wouldn't pick up on instantly. So yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, and then we get her practicing her. Th- I mean, what punch. what are we calling it in the film? Because I call, call it the three inch punch, which is from which Bruce is, Lee. But... Yeah, I mean. Um, I I know that that was the reason why it was called that, but I think it was slightly different. It was like the 
can't remember because uh, he references the fact that if your enemy is only three inches away, yeah, like how how can you make how can you make this? But yeah, it's essentially uh, the three inch punch. So yeah. yeah, she she finds a weak point in the coffin. Yeah. Um and and then she, uh, uses her training to break out, and that coffin looked really deep. Yeah. Are you like? I mean, I know it's kind of accentuated for the, I, I, the style. I was wondering how. How it, I I appreciate that all of it's gonna go around her initially, and then she has to fight the earth to get out. And I I was just like, is there gonna be that? It's so deep. Are you gonna make it through to the the surface? Was yeah. was was what I was wondering. And I don't know the physics of that, whether it actually would have been possible to get out of that or not. But um, I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. No. Um, or definitely not easily. So yeah, it it felt like it was a it was a good six foot deep. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and then we're on to chapter nine. Me and uh, L. Yeah. Uh, so the nurse gets to Buddy to yeah. collect her sword, the sword. Um, and at that point, uh, the bride has reached the cliffs above. So that's interesting because that's where Buddy was looking. Initially. Initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sh- so she sees. Uh, L go into the trailer. It's quite a nice shot as well because it's very nice shot. Yeah, L arrive, and then you clearly go back in time a a few seconds to then see her arrive again from from the bride's point of view. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get some cool kung fu music, mu- music, music, music. Um, and uh, Buddy opens a case and there's this huge amount of money. Um. And he just starts counting it, and it, what he's made he's made like really messy mojito or something for yeah. Them, it, 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 I think he puts he, he's made a drink which I think was a mojito, and you get a nice shot of inside a blender and things like that, Quentin, um, and then pours them into what well, I can only assume are jam jars. Jam jars, yeah. yeah. And then you do you do see El Darahana drink from it. Uh, yeah, I thought I that, with the amount of close ups. Whether the, the, the mojito was going to have some sort of reference, or like one of these is poisoned or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. I was like, is that where we're going with this? And I, I, I can only presume that is to lull you into the full sense of security where the scene then goes on. You're, you're, wonder, you're wondering how Buddy's going to get one over on her. Yes, yeah, so, so I guess the audience are going to expecting L to react to this poisoned mojito. Yeah. And then we see this great shot of the hand re- like reaching out some money and there's this snake right there and it furiously bites yeah. uh, Buddy remember. in the face. I don't know what this was like the first time I watched it but I knew this was coming and it made me jump. I'm watching it. I, w- I was like, <laughs> the snake's going to be here in a minute in my head and it just, I, I, was, I still jumped as it bit him. Yeah, a lot Th- of times. Three times, yeah. 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 Uh, and we learn that this snake is one of the most poisonous in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's like if you get bit once in the face, you're going to die in like half an hour. Yeah. Um, so he's sort of, it, he tries to fight it off. It's quite a uh, sort of a... I think it's like your instant reactions of something's attached to you. So he tries like, to... Uh, yeah. And he flinches and, and it's still biting him. And you're like, oh my God. And then he, he falls on the floor and his face is all sw- swelling up. Swell, yeah. um, and so uh, 
She gets a handwritten notepad out, which I love. Yeah, so she's she's written down all these notes about the snake, the statistics. Um, well, she, she doesn't seem in any way scared of it. No, it's no. clearly an angry snake that has wandered off, because she doesn't pay any attention to where it goes. No, after it's bitten him, and you no. you see the audience see that it's gone somewhere in this trailer, but she doesn't seem bothered. My only thought is that maybe she's. It, as a precaution, taking some anti venom. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, has some with her just in case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a great great moment where she sort of casually just sat there in front of him, um, and uh, and then whilst he's dying, or is it at the point where he's dead, he she then calls Bill. Uh, I think it's a, just a, about that kind around, of moment. Yeah, it's the, around the moment that I think I don't think he's quite dead, mm. but she then tells Bill that as good as uh, uh, it, it, he is going to die. But she, I think, just before he's actually dead, she tells Bill that his brother is dead. <laughs> yes, your your brother's dead, and the bride killed yeah. killed him. Yeah, and nice. that's actually the first time we hear her actual name in the whole movie. So the line... It's the, is it the school f- flashback no, so or is it ju- you, no, you hear it first and then we get the school flashback? I think flashback. the school flashback comes after that. Or, or in the school flashback, it's beeped out because it, her name gets beeped out a lot of times before. Yes. The first time that you hear her say Beatrix Kiddo is when she's on the phone to Bill at that moment. That's, right. That's the first reference. Although Bill has been calling her Kiddo throughout the whole movie which clearly is her surname. Yeah, but um, we've we we no idea that. about that. We don't yeah. twig that as the audience. So, uh, so well, that, yeah, that ties into our little flashback scene to where we're introduced to um, Beatrix, uh, supposedly at a young age in her yeah. school, uh, and her teachers are calling out her classmates. Yeah. Uh, Margot Whorehouse, did you pick up on that? I didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> One of her friends, Margot nice, Warhouse. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, Beatrix Kiddo. Uh, and then we get Ellie versus the bride yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, what a fight. It is. That was, that was one of the best scenes in yeah. the film for me, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, what, I, I wrote, awesome, brutal fight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just because it's in a trailer, it gives Quentin the freedom to go through walls. Which yes. is brilliant. Yeah. Just and like... he uses it in a lot of the choreography as well. Yeah. You know, the the swords keep getting stuck. Stuck. Cause because the, they, cause the no trailer space. is not wide enough for yeah. me to, to get the sword out of its scabbard sheath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and during this amazing fight, we learn that uh, the bride was trained by Pai Mei. Yeah. And that... Sorry, uh, that Ellie was trained by Pai Mei. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Ellie. And that she had annoyed him to the point of her, him plucking her eye out, which is why she only has one eye. Um, and and then we, we find out that she took revenge on him and she killed him. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I mean, t- how? I don't... Yeah, well, she poisoned, we... didn't she? So, oh, that's right. So we do po- see how. Yeah, yeah, so, yes. yeah she poisoned. Um, she's, yeah. Because she was... Because he plucked her eye out and she's vindictive and unhappy so she was the last person uh, she was clearly the last person to be trained trained by Pai Mei um, and during her training that's when yes that's when he died which 
then also is, I guess, foreshadowing to, that she probably didn't complete the training to, to the degree of the rest of the squad. Good because point. Because she is, yes. she is killed. She's killed her, her trainer, her master. And also, I'm guessing that she either wasn't good enough or her, her characteristics came through because she lost an eye. So he clearly, her attitude wasn't very good during training either. Yes, yeah. So although she is still deadly, um, it insinuates that she's potentially the, the least well-trained of the, of the squad of females, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. which probably uh, would explain why she leans so heavily into these uh, dirty underhand tactics. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. What a scene! It's, it's I, I mean, absolutely I like, amazing. I, I like that we we saw that Bud hadn't sold his sword, which is how we get the sword fight. Um, and the, oh, of course, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, so, I, missed, I missed that out. No, I? no, yeah. It's, it, it's, so like, it's a, he's it's a, in a set of golf clubs. He's kept he's, his sword. In, he hasn't. He hasn't pawned his sword that his brother got him. This priceless Atori Hanzo. Sword. That's right, because uh, L has n- is now in possession of oh, the bride's sword. Yeah, and the bride, and the bride doesn't sold. have. Anything to fight. No. And then she spots in Buddy's room in the trailer. But she's ended up in there through a wall somehow. She got through, an, yes. Yeah. And uh, he and, does still have his sword. And, and that she gets the sword out and then... That's how you get your samurai sword fight, yeah. Awesome. And she dispatches her without killing her. Yes, she gets it away. I was well, expecting to, to see her again at some point in the film. I, I mean, I, I, obviously she loses a, another eye. She's completely blind. And I'm making. I'm now making the assumption that she's killed by a black mamba. The the snake. Yeah, the snake her. rather yeah. the snake rather than the black mamba that is Uma Thurman. Yeah. Because that's her her code name as well. Um, we we could have done with like a just an extra shot of like the low down shot of the snake and her writhing around yeah. in another room and yeah. then the snake kind of moving yeah. towards. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that also. Now that she has no eyes, she is no no longer a threat at all mm. to Uma Thurman's character. So, she just considers her dead. She's she's off her list. But the first two people that we see that are dispatched from her kill list, she doesn't kill mm. either of them. So, yeah. It, whereas in Arunishi and uh, uh, Franika Green. Yeah, Fox's character. She killed both of those. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. And then uh, we get our last chapter. Yeah. I, I paused the film at this point thinking, oh, okay, so we're, we're wrapping up soon then. Another 45 minutes yeah, there of was the a, film. Yeah, there was a lot left. I, I paused it as well. It was a moment that I paused and I was like, oh, no, there is a lot left. Yeah, I was surprised. Because I, I didn't remember that much after... My no. memory of it was just yeah. okay. They're going to sit down and, and have that chat, yeah, and that'll be it, yeah. Uh, which is kind of what the scene ends up being, but yeah, um, yeah it does. The forty minutes does go pretty quick, yeah. Uh, so the bride goes to Esteban to find out where Bill is. Esteban, what a character yeah. he was! God, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know how to describe him really. He's a a pimp. He, is uh, a, he, he runs a brothel. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico. A really weird guy. Very yeah. Uh, and you kind of you you learn that Bill is essentially one of the children of this brothel as yeah. a result. 
Yeah. Um, his mother worked in the brothel, and that's where Bill comes from. So I guess he's kind of a father figure mm-hmm. to him, this evil man. Um, and apparently the character was supposed to be played by somebody else. Okay. Um, but the actor that actually played the role in the film uh, read in, and stood in for the actor that had been cast and read for him. And Quentin loved his performance so much that he kept him in the movie. Nice, nice. And it's also the very, very last film that Quentin filmed in production because that is a real Mexican brothel and they are real prostitutes in the scene. Even the one with... Every single one in that scene... And what, real... what about the, the yeah, blonde, the, the with, blonde the mouth. with the mouth? All of them. So that was I written read, in then? For... Uh, all of I read earlier. All of those... All of the female members oh of it are real prostitutes that work in the real Mexican brothel that it was filmed in. So uh, one of the the things that we learn about Esteban is that for any of his girls yeah. who misbehave or yeah. don't do what he wants, he cuts them mm. in the mouth. Yeah. Um, and and then we see one of them. Yeah. With yeah. this horrible horrible scar. scar. Um, on their face. I, 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 I've only read that that fact is true, so I don't know whether Quinton either wrote that in based on the people that were there, yeah, or, um, or whether that wasn't the only one that was an actress. Sure. But um, yeah, the 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 rest the rest of the scene apparently is all oh. genuine Mexican brothel. Because she she goes up to Esteban and and he gives her a uh, a handkerchief to yeah. to wipe to her wipe drool away. Drool away cause, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a menacing scene. The... Yeah, uh, and he is—he's really horrible. Yeah, like, oh, horrible man. Um, and uh, and then we get some cool. So so he sorry. He does. He, he does tell her. He does. He does. She charms him enough. Yeah. Without too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then she heads to to where Bill is, and we get some really cool um, old school driving effects. With the back projection and the 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 car prop wobbling, um, and the bride gets to Bill's house, and then discovers her daughter. Yeah, the cliffhanger from the end of the first. Yeah, film. so um, her daughter is still alive. Yeah. Uh, and Bill took her when she gave birth when she was yeah. in the coma, and brought her up. He is her dad. Yeah. So yeah, she's been raised um, by her dad. This was this was quite a, a hard watch for me uh, under personal circumstances, but um, it was quite um, it was quite an interesting scene the way that they were kind of portraying the relationship between Bill and because it seems like daughter. he's been a good dad. Is yeah, the, ins- the insinuation of the scene that bar bar the Shogun Assassin's um, bedtime yeah. viewing, um, which again this is another thing that I read on the internet. Apparently, that was going to be the Aristocats. From Disney. Okay. Disney said, Disney said no. no. <laughs> so then it was. Of course gonna, they did. Of course they did, yeah. So then it was going to be Samurai Jack. The okay, cartoon, yeah, that makes which sense. Kind of completely makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But in the final cut of the film, it became Shogun Assassin from 1980. <laughs> um, as the bedtime watching. Oh, could, yeah. That could have been Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get a really weird uh, sandwich making scene. Yeah. Where Bill uses the biggest kitchen knife ever uh, to to cut up 
sandwiches. Yeah. And I, I was watching this and thinking, I've never tried to cut... I mean, a bread knife, sure. Yeah. But, that, I mean, that was a proper butcher's knife, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean... I, it must have been to make the point. Yeah. You know, because he was waving it around yeah. quite a bit as well. I mean, yeah, to show that he had a knife in his hand. Yeah. Um, he's clearly well-trained. Um, he's gone through primates training as well. And I know he's clearly older, so you would think that in any situation that Uma Thurman would have the upper hand. She's killed everybody else. But, like, how quick on the draw he is with his gun. Which yes, he's relying later. on other skills, isn't yeah. he? And um, and underhand tactics. Yes. Um, um, so uh, the he, she puts the the daughter to bed or she goes to sleep, um, and then they start talking, and uh, Bill's katana is on a stand above yes. the TV, and very quickly she makes a beeline for it, and he pulls a gun yeah. really quick, and shoots just in front of her hand. Yeah. Um, and so fires, we know. Does he fire twice? He does I fire feel, twice. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. shoots the the fruit bowl. Yeah. In front, and it yeah. splats all over her face. Yeah. Um, yeah, he really makes his point yeah. quite succinctly. Um, and you know he's not messing around because he he up until that point he was quite sedate and relaxed. Yeah, you could still, I think that was clearly because of the benefit of the daughter that had been around. They were yeah. mummy and daddy at that point, and then they've just turned back into. Beatrice and Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've literally only just made the connection with the fact that their daughter's called Bibi. <laughs> By saying their two names out loud, I've just twigged that. <laughs> In this room. <laughs> um, uh, so, why did the daughter not wake up to those gunshots? Um, and the only assumption that I can give on that fact is that People get murdered around um, Bill all the time and she watches Shogun Assassin so she's just used to loud violent noises. Ah, uh, yes. And and she was just told quite in graphic, quite, quite graphic detail that her dad shot her mum in the head yes. and didn't really seem to react. No. Uh, and I think if I had told my four-year-old son that fact, that would have scarred him for uh, life. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't um, seem... He wouldn't sleep again, I don't I think. I mean, there is, there's that, but then also Mummy is standing there. So it kind of... True, it kind, it yeah. Kind, it kind of yeah. um, trivialises the the danger, especially from the beginning of this scene where you meet the daughter where she shoots Mummy. Yes. With a, with a fake toy gun and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it is making... It's making light of the... The dangers of uh, shooting somebody in the head. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, uh, so yeah, we we kind of get the the build up to the confrontation here. So um, he shoots the bride uh, with some truth serum, which yes. I kind of think is pretty weird. It's like bright green goo. It is very like toxic looking. It's, it's like and and he says, "Don't pull it out." to her because otherwise he'll shoot her again yeah or shoot her in the kneecap which is what the most one of the most painful places to be shot and and you never recover from that no um, so it's like it's draining into her this bright green sludge but it's clearly supposed to be something that because it says that it doesn't act like sodium pentothal it's a different kind of it's his own cocktail yeah, yeah. 
Because he's clearly why it's radioactive of some yeah. sort. <laughs> I, when he did that, I thought he was trying to level the playing field and he was trying to... It was a sedative yeah. or something to incapacitate her physically. Yeah. Um, but it just truth serum just never made sense to me. Because, oh, I'm, I've shot you because I want I want some answers to questions. But I don't recall him actually asking any questions. I'm not sure that he that did. He... And also, I don't, I don't feel like she would have any need to lie about anything. No. Really. No. I mean, he asked her about... Did he not ask her about, like, the marriage and, like, her leaving him and why and all this sort of stuff? Yes. I just looked at, we've just missed a scene out of the movie or is this coming the scene where she finds out that she's pregnant uh no it's coming up is it coming, it's coming up sorry i'm uh, sorry i'm just I'm, i was like you're flashbacking too soon i am flashbacking too soon sorry <laughs> yes um yeah so like so i guess and that's that scene that that, that he wants to know the truth about why she wanted to leave him yeah it's why, why did you leave because I was pretty angry. Is this essentially what? And and then, but also he f- believes that she's dead. Yeah, but, it, yeah. it was it was yeah. a bit. Com- yeah. yeah, I I I didn't really buy that. No. Um, so then we get the flashback yeah. to the pregnancy test. Yeah. Um, it's a, a very good and funny scene. Yeah, I, I uh, liked it. I think it's it plays well. Yeah. So is this the first assassin that Bill sends to her? Do you think, or is this someone completely unrelated? No, so so it's not. Bill doesn't send that assassin. Mm. It's that she's her the mo- the job that she's been sent to do. Um, the person who she's sent to murder, one of her associates spots Beatrice. Ah. On like in the airport or something right. like that. She says so. And then the tracks her to her and try, hotel room. And, tra- and tracks her to a hotel room and tries to, and sends her own assassin to murder got the you, assassin. Got you. Okay. Um, so it's this cool uh, um, woman with a shotgun, yeah. Um, and just by chance, yeah. so elk, elk. Um, so the bride comes to the peephole, yeah. sees this. It's uh, like I'm the general manager or something, yeah. and and then she drops the pregnancy test and at that moment. Bends down and then shotgun blows blasts through, the, through the, door. the door. Yeah, uh, and then we get a cool shot of her looking through the the shotgun hole. Yeah. Um, and she uh, bursts in, into the room and the bride run, manages to get to a gun and she's got it aimed right at this other assassin. Yeah. But then she starts, well, hang on, hang on. Uh, I've just found out I'm pregnant. Yes. And that just completely changes the whole Narrative. scene. Well, she, it, she insinuates that it's something that, that, like, you're just saying that. And she's like, no, I'm not. It's on the floor. Um. Well, I don't know how these things work. <laughs> and and to, yeah. she, after picking the pregnancy test up, she has to drop the pregnancy test to pick the instructions up. Yeah. So then read the instructions, <laughs> and then drop the instructions again to pick the pregnancy test up to check that yeah. she's read the instructions. Yeah, that correctly. was a funny, was, funny moment. Well I like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then so that that kind of convinces this assassin. It's like okay, you know, let, let's just. And she says, "I'll I won't do my job." I won't do and the assassination that I'm. Don't do yours. And you don't you do yours. And we're we're, we're uh, even. Yeah, nobody's nobody's dying. Nobody and has to die. Yeah, we're all walking away. And so she backs away, and um, just as the door closes, congratulations. Yes. And then she's away. <laughs> love that. Love that. Um, and then we're back to Bride and Bill. Are they sat down at the table I think at this they point? They are sat down at this point. I think they they clearly 
they're clearly having their com. They've gone. Like they moved outside. Is, is she? Is she still got this green goo in her leg, or is that? I, 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 I assume. I think the green goo's inside her now. And yeah. You're just. Although it didn't seem to make any difference to how she was acting, because it no. gives you a sense of euphoria. And she said, "I don't feel no. any euphoria." No. Um, a great line from from um, the bride. I I would have jumped motorcycle onto speeding train for you. Yeah. That was a great, yeah. great, great moment. That. Um, and then uh, she was asking him about why you shot me, uh, yeah. and he said, "I overreacted." Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I killed everybody <laughs> and shot you in the head while you were pregnant with my, my child. child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, because I thought you were dead. That, essentially. Yeah, that, yeah. Because I thought yeah. you were dead, I made you dead. <laughs> do Do you think this uh, this kind of convoluted, bizarre logic is is uh, just an additional? Kind of homage to the the bizarre motive motives of of martial arts films of the possibly 70s. yeah I mean yeah I I I haven't I haven't watched as many old martial arts films as I probably would have liked to have done because uh, Quentin obviously take has taken from so many for this yeah, movie yeah. Uh, for these two movies um, but yeah I can believe that that's he he's definitely influenced by world cinema and uh, yeah. It, it didn't have to have a sound plot. The idea was to see the action that got that delivered the plot. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. And and then we get our, our climax. Yeah. Uh, she's on the uh they're they're at a, a table outside. Yeah, like and we Bill kind of proposes that they have a romantic fight to the death on the yeah. beach. Was it a baseball diamond? I th- or was it a beach? Oh, it might have been a beach. A private, private yeah. beach. No, I'm it? getting confused. The baseball diamond is um, from the beginning of the movie when the, uh, the the knife fight at the beginning when they suggested dressing all in black and having a fight on a baseball diamond. And yes, th- this is a fight on a beach. Neither of which fight ever materializes. No, I mean it's, we're we're uh, we're expecting this amazing fight. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen. No. Which I was quite disappointed about. Yeah, I think th- I I think. This is why I prefer the first movie. Yeah. Um, the first movie has an epic oh. climax. Like, uh, just phenomenal. And this is the whole point of two movies. that They're called Kill Bill. Both of them are called Kill Bill. Yeah. And she's there to kill Bill. And it's really... Uh, the fight is happened sat down. It's I, I think it's it's probably the the weakest decision from from Quentin Tarantino in this film. I think, uh, I, I, rather, not the weakest, but the 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 I don't think it was the right direction to go no, in. I I think it was. I mean, I understand that it was different, and I don't know whether the fact that he was asked to make them two movies would have whether it would have changed anything. Whether. Mm-hmm the crazy A8 fight would have happened as one of the scenes nearer the end of the finale of this four-hour epic. I haven't seen... Do, do you know what I mean? Whether, yes. Whether that would have been nearer the end because he can tell everything out of order. Although this probably would have been the climax of the film, the killing of Bill, you still would have potentially been high off 
the massive fight before. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know yeah. whether that would have played into it. But yeah, for me, this was it. Fe- it felt like a letdown because you compare the two movies naturally. Yes. Um, I remember being in the cinema and and feeling kind of uh, underwhelmed by the yeah. anticlimax. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely do as yeah. well. So uh, we're deprived of a massive samurai sword fight between the two of them. Um, we get some funky spinning chairs. We do get some funky <laughs> spinning chairs. So it's it, the bride... The bride doesn't pull out the sword first. No, it's in its... Bill it's, takes makes his first move. Yeah. Uh, she pushes her chair back and balances on the sword. Yeah. End, and then... Blocks it. Blocks it, spins round. Yeah. Doesn't draw her sword out. No. She, and then she just goes straight in for the... The five point. The five point exploding heart technique. Yeah. And then boom. Yeah. Uh, and Bill seems very surprised that... Um, Pai Mei taught her that because clearly he didn't teach Bill no he didn't teach Bill and I, I, I'm guessing he didn't teach many if any mm. other than than Beatrix the Bride yeah. um, that's the insinuation that you're led to believe that he wouldn't teach anybody this yes and somehow yeah. she's been taught this uh, also along she's also been taught how to pluck somebody's eye out She's she's been taught a lot of things Clearly gaining the respect of Pai Mei, which nobody... No one else had managed to do. appeared yeah. to have done. No. Um, and uh, he's, he, Bill's very accepting of, of this. Yeah. Uh, he's very calmly... It's like, he asks resigns. how he looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then he... Yeah. So he just gets up and walks away. I counted six steps. Was it six? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but maybe I, it was on the fifth into the sixth yeah, that... That he... Yeah. Yeah, that is... So it's it's a really nice shot. It's just static and, and Bill, David Carradine, just walks away slowly. He does his jacket up yes. as he steps up, gets yeah. up. Um, Making sure that he looked good for yeah. his final few steps. How do I look? Yeah. And she lies by saying he looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> um... Because in the beginning, the f- beginning of the film, David Carradine looks really good. Yeah, I, he looks really cool. Uh, I don't know whether they've done any de aging of any of gosh, any kind, or whether I, it's just the black it and white. Was black kind. and white and makeup, I guess. Yeah. Um, like it's, I think it's before that technology and with the budget that we were mm-hmm. discussed, I don't think any kind of de aging would have yeah. really been possible. I think it was just, it was just good. Good. Yeah. Good makeup. Makeup to suddenly say that he'd. Uh... Because he does look really old by the yeah. end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cl- he clearly is. Older. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was. And I wonder if that also plays into why we didn't have a fight. It must be. Uh, it, it must, must be. be. And I don't know. Uh, obviously, stunt doubles could have been used, and there would be. But I, I imagine that Quentin would have wanted to feel like the bride was fighting Bill. Yeah. And. David Carradine, I'm guessing, wouldn't have been able to convince an audience that his samurai skills were up to the task. No. Which, I, so I can understand why. But then, like, it's called Kill Bill, and yeah. it's, it's a samurai fighting movie. You want to see a fight. Yeah, so, you, want, yeah. you want her to get her proper revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he collapses after his heart's blown up. Um, and then we get uh, the next morning caption, um, and uh, the bride is either laughing or crying or both on the bathroom floor. I can't I, quite tell. I, I feel. I think. I feel like it's euphoric crying. Euphoric is, crying. That's a good. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, is, is, that's a good way of describing yeah, it. Um, Clutching a lion. Cl- yeah, teddy, teddy a lion. teddy lion, which was clearly out of her daughter's room. Appears it to be pl- the plays into the, the quote at the end. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the uh, um, BB's just watching TV. Yeah, enjoying... Um, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, it would have been it would have been funny actually if it was like a really violent <laughs> samurai film. Yeah, but um, maybe that's, that's but that's a turning point, isn't that's it? That's a turning point. I'm now with mum now. Yeah, and, everything, and I can be I can a, a be proper a proper cu- daughter cute. and a, a, yeah. a girl. Yeah, um, and then we get the the full film credits. Yeah. That's the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, so for uh, sorry, the credits for both films, part yeah. one and two, volume one and two. Um, it's nice because it's it's the picture credits, so we get to see every important character, a little moment from the film. I always call that the the predator credits. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and you see every AKA for all of the yes, squad. yes. They go through their names yeah. and their um, their designations. Yeah. yeah, and then what what was the the bride's one at the end? It changed it, didn't it? To mummy. That's right. Yeah. So she gets yes. three. Yeah. 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 So she gets the bride, uh, Black Mamba, and then Mummy. Mummy. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And then uh, just a really random, like, five, oh, I don't know, a couple of minutes of, of black and white footage of Uma Thurman driving, driving. Her, just looking yeah. right into the camera. Yeah. And then references a wink at the, uh, yeah. at the end. And of... then a wink and a smile. Yeah. Which I really liked. So yeah. That, yeah. Was that was nice. a nice way of ending. Uh, yeah. Uh, in into full credits and then there is a very very, very <gasps> did uh, I miss oh no the very very end there is a, a small outtake um, which is from the fight in the crazy 88 yeah and it's the moment where she plucks the guy's eye out in the fight in the crazy 88 scene so she's got it in her hand and you see her pulling it out and so she does the scene and it's, it's a second or two and then she turns off the camera and she says should we do it again <laughs> So, which I don't know whether is the insinuation to the rumour that he has Kill Bill Volume 3 in his ah. back pocket. And he always has, which, um, so yeah, that, okay. that, that is the very, very end tag. Um, and it's just, it's... Shall we do it again? Shall we do it again? That does totally kind of quash his 10 film... It does, uh, yeah. Rules, but I know, I know he, has, he has a story for Volume 3, supposedly, um, where... The daughter of Vivica Fox's character, Vanessa Green. Oh, I've n- yes, yeah. I've so read the, about this. The daughter seeks revenge, seeks and, revenge, and then BB. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On and uh, she trains up BB. Yeah. So um, so so that would be Uma Could, returning as the yeah. bride, um, and it would be someone else who, essentially watched, well, she did the character watched her mummy die. Yeah. Um. I mean, so, well, that's what sixteen, seventeen years ago. That yeah, so fits it, w- it would the fit. Time. It would fit, and uh, uh, Uma would still be able to sell that yeah. film as Volume Three. Um, so I, I think that that's a movie that could appear in Quinton's catalogue, whereas the Vega Brothers wouldn't no. now. Um, Michael Madsen and John Travolta wouldn't, but I think uh, that's a movie that could be one of Quinton's that I know he's uh, he's talked about. So yeah. yeah. Right, well, there, there we go. That, uh, that was Kill Bill Volume Two. Um, so, would you, would you say it was a good film? Then, do you? Yeah, I, I think it's a good film. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't class it as one of Quentin's best, but no. I still think, in the realms of, uh, uh, film history, I would, I would class it 
on the positive side, I think it is a well-done, entertaining mm. movie. Um, yeah. uh, it doesn't work on its own. No. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can attest to that better than me, yes. having only watched half of it. Um, yeah, I think it is... I think it is one big movie. And that's why I think Quentin thinks it is. I don't, yeah. I don't think... Um, whereas, in a way, the first one does work on its own. Yes, yes, you um, can watch the first one. You can one watch the first and that, one and, that be it. And, and still be very entertained. And that one made it onto our, our Quentin list yeah. because of that. Um, and I think it is... And I think that is that all comes down to that end set piece, um, mm-hmm. which I'd say is... Even though I do like the fight in the trailer, I think that is... The highlight of oh, uh, of the, yes. the the two movies put together. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think you can you can beat that scene. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant. So, do you think two thousand four Quentin Tarantino, forty year old Tarantino, has peaked um, career wise? Has he got? Has has he done his best work by this point? He he. he 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 has, in my opinion, not made anything better since he's turned forty. He's made his best work prior to being forty. Okay. But I think he's made a lot of very good work since he was forty. I think I I, I uh, as He's not completely fallen off. No, I I, yeah. I think I think the movies that he's made after Inglorious Django the Hateful Eight, not so much, but it's more of a play. And Once Upon a Time. I, I love Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, so do I. I, I and I, I think they're all excellent, excellent films that still don't touch Pulp Fiction. Mm. All of them. So in terms of has he peaked? Yes, because Pulp Fiction is his peak. And that had already happened. But those four films are still... Still very good, yeah outstanding pieces of cinematic work and I wouldn't ever want to be deprived of those I think they are they are brilliant films um, and possibly after this he delivered uh, arguably his second best film in Inglorious Bastards I think we held that at number two on our personal lists but on our on our group list and yeah I think that's that's he followed up mm. Kill Bill with with another one of his greatest films. So that leads me on to my next question then. Would you say that uh, Quentin's stock at this point in his career is, is on the up? Yeah, I think I think everybody knows Quentin's name now. He is probably... If you, if you say name a Hollywood director, I, I think Steven Spielberg's the only person that gets in front of his name as a general Ooh, public. Interesting. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody... If you if you talk to anybody off the street, um, that is over the age of twenty five, that Quinton wouldn't be the second name mm. out of anybody's mouth if you if you said name a name a Hollywood director. And I mean, um, this is he is halfway through his directing career at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 been directing. Yeah, for for, I don't know. How long has he been directing now? Since he was 20-something? Something like yeah. that, yeah. So, um, I mean, and he's now roughly he's about 50. 15 years yeah. by this point. Yeah, and yeah, and he's been directing for 30 years. So, yeah, he's... Uh, he's met, And if this is his fifth film, he's he's approaching his tenth as his next one. So, yeah, that make that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's... I don't know what... Uh, if you look at his, his back half and his front half of his catalogue, 
there's an insinuation that his last piece of work as a body from Inglorious, Django, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time as a collective are more impressive than, mm-hmm. than the beginning of his work. Just nothing beats his magnum opus of Pulp Fiction. Is this one of his weakest films then? Do you yeah, think? I think it is. I think, unfortunately, it is. Uh, 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 I, think, I think Kill Bill Volume 2, as, as we're discussing, is, is one of his weakest films. I think... I think the, the Death Proof is, by his own volition, his worst movie he's ever made. Um, and then it's probably this film for me. Um, but as we discussed, it's probably because of the the way that it ended up being released. Yes, yeah. I and think if you think of Kill Bill as a whole, it comes in the middle of his... his um, and I think, I think it, it probably would feature... At, at at like the five six mark as a film as a whole mm. of 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 his of his body of work but yeah this half definitely pushes it down to one of the weakest that he's produced and it's still good so it's not a bad bad average um and uh with QT putting together a showreel uh for for his next job uh would he put any any of Kill Bill Volume Two in his showreel I think I think. Anything that surrounded the the trailer park, uh, the tra- Bud's the trailer, fight. that fight, and and the scene of Bill and Bud, um, I think oh, the fortune. Oh, that's I think interesting. That's a, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that scene of Bill and Bud sitting there. It it's it's slow, methodical, but it it shows that character and it explains her need for revenge. Mm. So, um, I think they're they're two of my favourite scenes in the film. I might have put in uh, something from the church, maybe, maybe that crane shot. I mean, yeah, that is that is beautiful, and it's done in one take, and it shows it shows how that Bill had planned to kill them, no matter what the conversation yeah. was going on, no matter what Beatrix had said to him in there, the four of them were there ready to come in and murder everybody. <laughs> I think it's very telling uh, of of Quentin Tarantino that of his nine slash ten films that he's made, this would still f- feature in his best of showreel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, giving it a score out of forty, then where where would you put it? Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do twenty two as okay. I you know eighty eight forty four uh, yeah, twenty two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 yeah. It's yeah. Twenty six is. I think that's a good number. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that's great, Paul. Thank thank you very much for joining me. Um, thank you is there anything you want to to plug whilst uh, just ca- here? Just carry on listening to uh, to both podcasts. Uh, I hope that everybody's enjoyed Five and Film. Um, and talk to us on social media. Um, tell us. Ideas for five on film and ideas for 40 on film. Great. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.